All right, I'm back. <laughs> it's been two long months, but I'm back, baby. You already know. You know, I've been I've been saying this, you know, before the playoffs started, you know, but first, before I get into the playoffs, let, let me reintroduce myself. You know, my it's your boy Cash, right? You know, I'm back here talking about sports, you know, here to talk about some NBA, NFL, MLB, anything impossible. I'm here. You already know, you know, you know, I had to deal with school and things like that. But now I'm back here. The summer's here. I'm ready to get back in this lab and start working. But on to the NBA. Man, what a series. What a series. I mean, Kevin Durant, is he is he's going to is he going to play? Is he not going to play? Is he going to come back? Is he waiting for free agency? Well, there's one thing for sure. There's one thing for sure, he's not going to play next season. And there's another thing, I will say this. He was I well all along, and I I you know I honestly didn't think it was going to be an Achilles. I thought it was actually I thought it was a grade grade two grade three calf strain. I didn't think it was actually an Achilles until he ruptured his Achilles. You know, I think <laughs> it's crazy. You know, you think, you know, everybody, you know, you don't really believe everybody because everybody thinks that, you know, they're a sports doctor and things like that. Let's wait and hear the proper diagnosis. But it was an Achilles. I think it was an Achilles sprain more so. I think he was going to recover in about six months, six months from the time that he got hurt, which was in May, the beginning of May, which would have gave him ample time to come back. Five six months would have been back by preseason, and but now it's an Achilles rupture. So now I think you know he's gonna be out for quite some time. Might be probably a full year. Who knows? Um, you know, in the beginning of the playoffs, I picked um, Milwaukee and Golden State to meet in the finals. Uh, obviously, that didn't work out. Toronto and Golden State was the matchup. Um, I picked Toronto in five, but. We're here. Game Game Six is uh Thursday, and you know, I don't know. I'm I'm not I'm not really feeling too good about Toronto's chances right now because I think that they had a chance to close out Game Five, um, just the other night, um, on Monday. Um, I think that, you know, Nick Nurse he calls a timeout after Kawhi scores like ten straight buckets. He calls a timeout. Why do you do that? Why do you ruin the momentum of your own team? Give you know the Warriors, and let's let's be honest. Let's be honest. The Warriors been outworked without Kevin Durant. They you know in the time that Kevin Durant had played in Game Five, you know ah uh, you know he you know they they the team looked like a very different offense out there. They were they were free flowing. They were moving around. I think Durant was on fire. He didn't even miss a shot. He really he really looked good. He was even you know giving it to Kawhi, but. Again, you know, um, that 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 Achilles, man. And my thing is, I'm gonna get into it later. But I, I just really feel like Golden State rushed him back. I'm gonna get into whole, the whole science behind Golden State's mentality towards the series, and you know, towards his injury. And you know, a lot of people out there might not like what I'm going to say. You know what I'm saying? Because I know there are a lot of Golden State Warrior fans out there. But you know, stay tuned. Stay tuned. It's, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good one. But yeah, you know, he he got hurt again and now 
I said this. I said without Kevin Durant, the Raptors, the Warriors have no shot. Until last night. Until last night. I said until. <laughs> until last night. I believe, I believe that the Warriors are going to make this interesting. I think that they're going to win a desperation home game in Oracle. I think that they're going to win a desperation home game. Why? Because it's the last, it's the last home game in Oracle. They've been playing there for what, 42, 43 seasons? They want to, you know, we presumably thought the game four was going to be the last game in Oakland. I thought that it was going to be the last game in Oakland. You know, everybody thought people were so down. Um, Warriors fans, they were shocked. Steph Curry looked like he didn't know what to do. Clay Tom, they all looked hopeless and helpless. And Draymond's like, hey, you know, let's make history. And <laughs> he said the game before, he said, everybody, we're going to win from here on out. Fun times ahead. And, and they lost the next game. So, <laughs> I mean, here we are. Game six. Down 3-2. Raptors up 3-2. Warriors down 2-3. Whatever, however you want to paint it. Raptors up 3-2. But, um, yeah. Uh I think the Warriors, I hope, I hope that I'm wrong because I picked the Raptors to win in five. Hopefully the, Ra- the Raptors closes out. I think the longer the series go, I think the longer, I think the more in favor goes in Golden State because now it's not about math. I always say in a series past game five, it's not about matchups anymore. It's not about matchups anymore because people, we know the team, you know, teams know what each other, you know, these teams, they know what each other, they know what their capabilities are. They know what they're going to do, you know. Golden State knows what Toronto is going to do and vice versa. Um, and so it's just down to X's and O's. It's down to execution. It's just down to, you know, who's better. And I, I honestly think Toronto is just a more deeper, better and more deeper team. That being said, I could be wrong. Toronto could close it out to uh, in six because even in the games that the Warriors have won, they won by, they won, uh, you know, the two games that they won, they won by a total of six points. Six points. And and in those games, Toronto has shot poorly from the three-point line. Toronto is a terrific three-point shooting team. I don't think that that's going to happen for the rest of the series. For in order for the Warriors to win, Toronto would have to shoot poorly from the three-point line for the rest of the series. I don't think that's going to happen. Even if they shoot poorly in Game Six, they're going to turn it on Game Seven. Somebody has to show up. Siakam, Lowry. You know, Danny Green, you know, the onus is on you guys. Um, Serge Ibaka, the onus is on you guys, man. You guys have to show up. You guys have to step up and play. Because if y'all don't, y'all are just going to leave Kawhi out there by himself. And I think I think that Kawhi, you know, hobbled and all, he's played a terrific series. He's He's been playing terrific. And I think had he had, had he's not, had it not been for the injury, I think he'd be playing even better. That's just me. That's just my opinion. But hopefully the, the Raptors can close this out and, you know, enjoy their first NBA championship. You know, um, uh, just imagine what the parameters of an NBA championship could do for a team such as Toronto. You know, not necessarily, not, sorry, not necessarily a small market team, but, you know, small market wise in the NBA, but not a small market team internationally, you know. Um, it, it, it'll, it'll be great for the city of Toronto. You know, you know, it, you know, it'll bring their currency. I think an NBA championship for Toronto would bring the Canadian dollar, the value of the Canadian dollar upward. I think the, the, the value would trend upward for the Canadian dollar. 
that's just my opinion. But we'll see. But, you know, we'll, we'll see. But, you know, headed on to this, you know, to this Kevin Durant injury. I think, you know, for me, I think that the Warriors, they rushed them back, man. I think that... You know, you, 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 you know, you, you, he has a, you know, like I said, I, I thought that it was a, an Achilles injury. No, I'm sorry. I thought it was a, a calf injury, but it turned out it was an Achilles, Achilles, um, sprain. And then there was an Achilles rupture. He, he, you know, he re-injured it. And I think that I was, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, dang, the Warriors are so selfish, man, you know. They're just willing to do anything for him when they don't want to just take this L standing down. And it just, it doesn't make any sense. It just didn't make any sense to bring this this gentleman back. And I was saying either they're rushing him back or they faked his injury. Because there is no way he's ready to play. There would be no way that he's ready. He just had the ice pack on the back of his, on the back of his calf slash Achilles. He just, you know, and then, why would he come back so soon? Then they had the reports that Golden State, um, Golden State, um, you know, members of the Golden State franchise, you know, the the players in the locker, the the players in the locker room, and the 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 front office personnel, they were growing antsy and impatient, and you know, they were they were rather irritated as to why Kevin Durant isn't playing, and you know, a few hours later, you hear that he's gonna play. Like why, 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 and. I'm just thinking, and even with the Looney situation, they said Kevin Looney's going to be out indefinitely. The next game, he comes back. Same thing with Clay Thompson, but they actually rested Clay. But same thing with Andre Iguodala, sorry. They, they, same thing with Andre Iguodala. He has a hamstring, but then he plays. Like, but, you know, it just doesn't make any sense. And then Andre Iguodala goes to say, I do anything for Steph, I want to protect his legacy. No, for, first of all, number one, I mean, I have mixed reactions on that. I think, you know, I think that for me, I, you know, as a man, I don't, you know, I don't want to worry about nobody else's legacy but my own. But he's a great teammate for saying that. But at the same time, it's just like the super... You're just super submissive of the dude. You know what I'm saying? Just to the dude. You you would do anything to protect his legacy? Like, come on, man. Come, come on. It's just basketball. It's just basketball. You know what I'm saying? This isn't life. I mean, basketball is life for some. But, like, come on. This isn't his livelihood now. This isn't his personal reputation. This is basketball, man. You're going to risk your health, your bodily health, for a man's basketball legacy? You gotta be kidding me. Like what kind of like what are we what are we doing here? What are we doing here? Like Damian Lillard said, you know, the pressure pressure is in the NBA playoffs. Pressure is when you're a single mom raising three, four kids. That's pressure. Not not f- facing elimination in an NBA playoff game. That's your job. You don't get fired if you lose the playoffs. You don't get released. Like what? What are we? What? what like we're losing ourselves here. And and I think that's what the Golden State Warriors did. They lost themselves. They rushed him back. They risked his career. 
they risked his money for a ring. Makes no sense. That man, that man's career might never be the same. Just because they wanted to bring him back. Just because they wanted to bring him back for a championship. It, it doesn't make any sense to me. I, I, I don't understand, you know, this, it, it, but, but, you know, there are reports that teams are still interested in, his, in acquiring his services, but, you know, presumably he's going to miss the next season. He's going to come back. He's going to be 32. He's 30 right now. He'll be 31 this, uh, this, next, uh, this upcoming season. But he'll be 32 coming back, coming back, off, an, uh, coming back off a ruptured Achilles. Who, I mean, why? Why? This might be the few, this might have been the last few years he had left, the last few good years he had left. And now you just shortened it because your greedy selves wanted to win an NBA championship. It's illogical. I'm sorry. It's just illogical to me. And then you got Bob Myers up there crying. Now me, I, I like to think outside the box. Everybody thinks that, you know, he felt sincere, but I just don't think those tears were sincere. I think that he was crying because, not because he was hurt. I mean, of course, he, you know, he was crying because he was, but more so that he felt guilty. He felt guilty that he brought him back and he got hurt again. It's like, you know, you're only crying because you got caught. He's only crying because he felt guilty. He doesn't, he doesn't feel bad for that, man. Because if they, if, they if they felt like KD was going to come back, they would have never played him. If they felt that they knew that KD was going to resign with them for the next three, four seasons to possibly retire there, they wouldn't, they wouldn't have brought him up in that court, man. They, they don't even know. I, I'm not hearing it from no one. They wouldn't even have brought him back. I'm not even hearing that. And, and you know, just to, just just to, just to touch up, just to go off topic, just a little go, just go a little bit off topic, right? You know, I think the the NBA. You know, thank goodness for these guaranteed contracts, because I think the NBA Players Union has done a wonderful job in securing guaranteed contracts. You know, and 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 and. Making sure that these players, you know, you know, these players' salary, these players' salaries rises, you know, um, amid the uh, the um, the TV deals that they got recently, you know, with T T, to, you know, Turner Sports and NBC Sports and Fox Sports, and they uh, the NBA pretty much has everything. They're not on Fox, but they're on Fox the the, the regional Fox Sports networks, and the same thing with NBC. They're not on NBC like they used to be back in the nineties, but. They have, you know, they were, they had to deal with the formerly um, known as Comcast Network, but now it's NBC Sports Network. Um, the NBC Sports, no, I, I believe it is still NBC Sports Comcast. I not, if I'm not mistaken, but I know for sure that they have a deal with NBC, the regional networks. Um, you know, the Lakers they have their own network, Prime Sports, and Knicks have MSG. You know, NBA right now. Sorry, excuse me. The NBA have they have everything in their in their back pocket right now. They have they have access to almost every major sports network and channel. The NBA is almost a monopoly, if not if not already. As far as the media is concerned. So why, you know, I was just speaking. You know, I was just speaking with one of my friends the other day. About the, you know, these deals, you know, like guys like Jimmy Butler and 
Otto Porter getting max contracts, you know, the general manager in me is saying, this is illogical. Why, you know, this is, this is crazy. Why would I pay someone who's giving me 14, five and five, $25 million? But then you think about it, you got guys like Jimmy Butler who could make $25 million and he's only giving you 19 points a game with like five rebounds and two blocks. <laughs> Sorry, not two blocks, two, two assists. So why, why wouldn't Otto Porter get Jimmy Butler money if Otto Porter is considered a multifaceted player? He's considered a Swiss Army knife. Guys like Andre Iguodala, if, he, if, he, if Andre Iguodala, if 76 is Andre Iguodala played in today's game, he would get 23, 23 to $25 million a year. That tells you how, how much of the value, how much of the NBA, the value of an NBA dollar has gone up. That tells you, you know, how much, you know, how much these TV deals are worth now for these, for these, for these athletes. You know, the salary cap goes up like every, you know, the salary cap rises every year now. <laughs> you know, the salary cap is everything now. The salary cap basically, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty much, you know, how teams, you know, build now. You know, everybody, you know, free agency is the, like one of the biggest. I mean, I would say within the, since LeBron, okay, I would go back. I would say Shaq started it when he left Orlando. I would say LeBron perfected the free agency watch. I would say LeBron took it and made it a spectacle. Shaq started it, but LeBron took it and ran with it. He made free agency a spectacle. But all in actuality, those two gentlemen, two I think two of the top ten greatest players ever played this game. They 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 were a key. They are a key reason why free agency is a a big deal nowadays. But yeah, you know, uh, um, and, and you know, you got to look at you know leagues like MLB. You know, these baseball players they get. I think they're the highest paid players in in in, in um in, in the four major sports. These guys get like Giancarlo. Remember Giancarlo Stanton a few years ago got like 10, 10 years, two hundred and fifty million. And Bryce Harper he gets he just got a 13, 13 year contract worth three hundred million. Something or somewhere around that ballpark. Like Bryce Harper is my age. So by the time his contract is up, he's going to be 39 years old. 39, 40. That's crazy. That's crazy how these baseball players, they get paid. And then you look at the NFL. The NFL is probably, has to be one of the, if not the most popular sport in the United States. The highest grossing sport in the United States. Super Bowl off the charts, forty million dollars. Forty, I'm sorry, forty million viewers a year. You mean to tell me? You mean to tell me somebody like Le'Veon Bell, who's a Swiss Army knife at knife at running back, could give you, uh, maybe a thousand receiving yards and thousand rushing or one thousand rushing yards, eighty receptions and three hundred carries? You mean to tell me he can't even get fifteen million fifteen million dollars a year on a guaranteed contract? These guys risk their lives out there. And you mean to tell me he can't give you 80 million? I'm sorry, you, he can't, you can't give him more than 15 million a year? 80 million for over four years? Come on, guys. Come on. 80 million? 
80 million, 90 million. He can't give you that for you. You, you can't give him that for, 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 you know, it's like, wow. <laughs> you have to like wonder like what's, what's, you know, what's going on. It's a, it's a real, it's a real, real plantation mentality in the NFL. Actually, I'm going to, I'm going to get into the NFL just a little bit. You know, I'm going to talk about the NFL. I haven't talked about NFL in a while, and I love NFL. I love I love football. As much as I don't agree with their principles and views and how everything works, you know, organizationally as, as a league, but I love watching football. I love the game of football. And, you know, it's just mind-boggling how... How... Running backs... You know, running backs are basically the workhorse of the team. They control their own destiny. Running backs and quarterbacks are the only players who control their own destiny. You mean to tell me that the running back can't get paid as much as a quarterback? Like, come on. You you got to be kidding me. You got to be... You have to be kidding me. You have to be kidding me. And, you know... I, I, you know, here's my my top five players of all. I'm at, I'm sorry, not my top five players of all time, but my top five players, uh, my top five positions who should be. Um, I, I I feel like the top five highest paid positions should be quarterback, running back, left tackle, edge rusher, corner. Edge rusher and, and corner interchangeable, but in that order, in my order, I I feel I feel that you know, um, and I, I'll state a reason. I, I'll state a case for every reason. Uh, I'll state I'll state. I, I mean, I'm sorry. I'll state a reason for every case that I may, I'm, I'm I'm gonna make. Um, of course, the quarterback, he's the the leader of the team, so to speak. Um, not necessarily all the time. Um, case in point, Eli Manning, but we're gonna, we're not going to get into that today. Um, not always the leader of the team, but you know, if the quarterback plays well, the team is hard to beat. Simple as that. If the quarterback doesn't throw any interceptions, the quarterback doesn't get sacked. Uh, the quarterback makes the quarterback makes uh, good decisions with the football. The team is going to be hard to beat. I don't care if your defense allows thirty points a game. If your quarterback is on fire. Your team, the team is going to be hard to beat. Uh, case in point, Aaron Rodgers, twenty eleven, Packers went fifteen and one that year. Aaron Rodgers played amazing football. Packers couldn't stop anyone that year, but Aaron Rodgers was that guy. He could not. You couldn't stop him. You couldn't stop him from making a great play. I think he had forty five touchdowns and eight inter- interceptions that year. Amazing. I think that's. I think that's a certain. That's the second greatest season I've ever seen next to Tom Brady's fifteen and eight. The year they went, um, the year they went sixteen and zero. So yeah, so quarterback, I got that down pat. Um, running back, again, the running back controls his own destiny. The running back, if you have a running back, if you have a running game, again, the team is hard to beat. Sometimes you may not have a quarterback, but if you have a good, great running game and a good defense, but mainly, mainly a running game. It opens thing. It open. It opens everything up. It opens things up for the pass game. It opens things up for for receivers to get open because everybody's trying to be. Everybody's stuck in the box, paying attention to Adrian Peterson or Lev Bell or uh, Kareem Hunt. 
you know it you know it opens it opens the pass game up for guys like Eli Manning or Joe Flacco or even Christian Ponder that year they went to the playoffs <laughs> you know it, it you know it opens everything it opens everything up for everyone else on that team specifically the more more importantly the offense um you know Le'Veon Bell we've seen we've seen what happened to the Steelers without Le'Veon Bell Granted, you know, mind you, the Steelers were still a, a pretty tough team to, you know, they were tough out every week, a gritty team, but they weren't necessarily the same. Even though James Conner, he's he's done a wonderful job filling in for him. But we've seen the difference in James Conner and we've seen the difference in Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell is a pass catcher. James Conner isn't. Le'Veon Bell has a uh, has has better stamina. James Conner, James Conner does not. He's not a 20 carry back. 20 30 carry back. He's not a a a 40 snap, 50 snap back. Le'Veon Bell is. And we and 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 they paid the ultimate price. They missed the playoffs. They didn't pay him. Now he's with my beloved New York Jets. Same thing, Adrian Peterson in his prime. Two he led the, he led the Vikings to the playoffs on his back. 2000 yards, MVP. Nine yards short of Eric Eric Dickerson's record. Unbelievable. Amazing. One of the greatest running back seasons I've ever seen, if not the greatest. But again, and he and, and you know, Adrian Peterson was doing this with eight men in the box, nine men in the box. Imagine, you know, imagine if he had a prime Brett Favre. Not even the Brett Favre he had in Minnesota. I'm talking about a prime Green Bay Packers Brett Favre. Imagine if he had Aaron Rodgers, or even even if he had, shoot, if he had Joe Flacco, <laughs> the year they went to the Super Bowl, Adrian Peterson would have a championship. But yeah, my my, my case is that you know running backs should definitely be, they should definitely. Definitely be top, top, top paid. I think they, they should, you know, especially with the TV deals at the NFL Network. I mean, not even just the NFL Network. The NFL gets. NFL Network, NBC, Fox, A, uh, um, not ABC, but, uh, well, technically ABC, ESPN. They're, they're under the same umbrella, the Walt Disney Company. Um, and I'm missing something. I said NBC, Fox, um, CBS. Like, come on. They, they, like, these guys get, and I think all of their TV deals are over a billion dollars except for the NFL Network. You mean to tell me that the, the the you know, and I know the salary cap is is a lot. The salary cap is a may I think the is at maybe ninety million right now. It's close to hundred million. I know that for a fact. But no, I think it's more than that. No, no, no. Yeah, it's 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 about about ninety five million. And, and you mean to tell me that you know these guys can't get paid more money? The owners are just robbing them. They can't even get guaranteed. They can't even get guaranteed contracts. It's, it's abysmal. It's abysmal, but yeah, that that's my case for running backs. They they control the team. They control their own destiny. The their performance weighs heavily. Uh, you know, the team success weighs heavily on their performance, and um, that's just my thing. Left tackle. Why specifically left tackle? Um, look at guys like Larry Allen, who you know, left tackles are the are the the guys mainly um, blocking the pass rusher. If you have a great uh, left tackle. Um, Boy, I think, you know, your offense is going to be hard to beat because, again, 
Your quarterback is going to play well. You're stopping sacks. You're giving your quarterback at least three, four seconds to, to find someone to throw throw to. Um, you know, and I'll, I and I'm a and I'm a big believer in if you if your quarterback at least you know if your quarterback has about three to four seconds to throw, nine times out of ten he's going to make a completion. He's not going to throw an interception unless he just completely sucks. I mean, there are quarterbacks out there, but come on. <laughs> come on. I'm not going to name Joe, but I mean, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick for one. I think he, he he's, well, we're not going to get into that. But, yeah, you know, unless he just completely sucks. Left tackles, like, you know, Larry Allen was a big, re- him, Nate Irving, um, you know, those guys that, you know, they, they those were the big, those guys were the big reason why the Cowboys were winning Super Bowls. Yeah, you had Emmitt Smith. Yeah, you had Troy Aikman. Yeah, you had Michael Irving. But if those guys weren't there blocking, Emmitt Smith wouldn't have. Emmitt Smith wouldn't have 2,200 yards. Troy Aikman wouldn't have all, those, all that time to throw to Michael Irvin. Michael Irvin wouldn't get those catches because Troy Aikman wouldn't have all that time to throw to Michael Irvin. Like, <laughs> it, all, it all goes back down to Lyman. And the reason why they're not number one is because they don't they don't really control their own destiny. They're not really a skill position player, but they should be paid as such. And that's why they're top three. You go down to edge rusher where, you know, and not even just edge rusher, just pass rusher in general. Guys like Aaron Donald, Warren Sapp, who are interior pass rushers. J.J. Watt, interior pass rushers, as opposed to guys like Vaughn Miller, Michael Strahan, you know, um, Jadavian Clowney, Jerry Hughes, not Jerry Hughes. Um, he's not coming to me right now, but he played for Buffalo. Mario Williams, you know, these guys were edge rushers, you know. And, you know, Demarcus Ware, a legend of the game. Justin Tuck, when he was healthy, you know, these guys, pass rushers, they, 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 weren't, they weren't a lot of money, and rightfully so, because... These guys, they pull, they blow plays up, man. They, they they could kill a drive in an instant. A team can go, for, a team can go from looking like they're going to score, looking unstoppable. <laughs> all all Vaughn Miller needs is one set for like five to, to eight yards, and now you're at what second and fifteen. Now you're trying to force the ball. You now you're trying to force the ball down the field, and it's going to be incompletion. Third and fifteen. You get a completion for like seven, eight yards. That's it. Fourth down, fourth to eight. Drive over, field goal, or punt. See, things like that. Things like that. And, you know, especially when you get when you get three or four, you know, three or four games, they kill drives. They stop scores. You know, Pass rushes are the reason, you know, they're the difference between a 28 and 24 game and a a 30 and, and 13 game. <laughs> strip sack fumble. That's another one. Khalil Mack. I forgot him, you know. Strip sack fumble. Return one for a touchdown. Game was close. Now it's 30-30-17. Because they forced a fumble. Returned it, returned it to the house for a touchdown. Four minutes to go. You were about to tie the game or at least take the lead. 
Now it's 30-17. Things like that. You you gotta take that into consideration. They they really and and and, and you know for Von in Von Miller's case, he was a Super Bowl MVP. The year that the Broncos went to the Super Bowl, he was the best player on that team. Wasn't Peyton Manning, wasn't Aqib Talib. It wasn't um um uh Emmanuel Sanders, it wasn't Demarius Thomas. Neither of those guys. Neither it wasn't CJ Anderson. Von Miller was the best player on the 2015 Broncos. And I have time for anyone. I have time for anyone who 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 dares to even challenge who who cha- who even dares to challenge my 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 statement. Von Miller, Von Miller was that man, and I think Von Miller, he's very underrated. As, as great as he is, and as as revered as he is, I think he's I think he's highly underrated. Just his impact, his impact on the game. Sure, the Broncos haven't, you know, they hadn't made playoffs this this past season, the past two seasons actually. But his his impact on defense will always keep the Denver Broncos in, in football games, win or lose. The reason why the Denver Broncos suck is because they don't have a quarterback. And I think they're gonna continue to suck because Joe Flacco really isn't that good anymore. I think he had like a a good three four year window where he was good. Not great, but good. But he's not he's not that good anymore. They they relied on quarterbacks like Trevor Simeon and Case Keenum, another bum. You know, and then now you got Flacco. You know, I don't know what what the deal what what what, what the deal is with John Elway and why he you know he he invests all his, you know he invests his money into these these mediocre mid tier quarterbacks. But you know, I just think that um. I just don't think, I don't think, I don't, I don't think that's just the way, the way to go right now. But you know that, 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 and that's why, that's why I believe that defensive ends are, or well, not necessarily defensive ends, but pass rushers are should be top five, top five, um, paid. They're from number four on my list. Now onto the cornerbacks. Now this is my favorite, my favorite because. My fa- this is the cornerback position is my favorite position of all time. Darrell Revis is one of my favorite players of all time next to T.O. I think him and T- Terrell Owens are like neck and neck, both of the two two of my favorite players of all time. Um, I hated when they had those war words with each other because I didn't like it. I didn't know which side to pick at that time. You know, me, I used to be a Cowboys fan, but then the Cowboys released him and then I moved over to the Jets and then, you know, he said T.O.'s a slacker, you know, things like that. But I just I just didn't like it. I, I you know. But you know, T.O. You know, T.O. was a, a freak of nature. That we'll get into another show when I get into the topic of uh, when, once football season rolls around the corner. I will get into that. But uh, reason why is because again, Darrell Revis, especially his years with the Jets from you know 2007, 2012. Those are the best. For, I'm talking about his first stint. Those are the best years to be a Jet fan. There was no one who. I don't think that has I don't think anyone has had a, has ever had a better five year period at the cornerback position than Darrell Revis. Sure, he didn't get a lot of interceptions, but not a lot of people threw to him. Not a lot of quarterbacks threw him. Not a lot of teams threw him. He would disrupt. He would disrupt the whole game plan by himself, and really just just freeze out a whole entire half of the field without any safety help. Safety help. That's amazing. Guy would be on cover zero blitz, 
on an island by himself, and that's why that's why they got the, they they gave him that moniker Reeves Island, an island by himself, shutting down your team's best corner, I mean your best your team's best receiver. He's done it to Randy Moss. He's done it to Terrell Owens. He's done it to Calvin Johnson. He's done it to Andre Johnson. He's done it to Steve Smith. He's done it to Deshaun Jackson. He's done it to Des Bryant. The list goes on and on and on and on and on. He's done it to practically every receiver in the league. No zone corner. Sorry, Richard Sherman. Done it without the help with the like without the likes of a Hall of Fame, uh, safety tandem and Cam Chancellor and Earl uh, Earl Thomas. He had Jim Leonard and Lito Shepard. The year he went to the playoffs, Jim Leonard and Lito Shepard. Not too many people know who those guys are. The second year, Jim Leonard and Eric Smith. Come on. He was shutting down your team's best corner with Jim Leonard and Eric Smith as your two be- uh, as your two safeties. That's crazy. He zeroed out an entire half of the field. Teams were so scared they didn't even look. I remember when he, when when they played Calvin Johnson in twenty ten, he held him to two catches at eighteen yards. Calvin Johnson's 6'4", 230 pounds. Darrell Revis is like 5'10", 185, 190. Shut him down. It was no one who was faster than him at at that position either. Incredibly, Incredibly quick. He could tackle. He could cover. Man, there was no one like Darrell Revis. No one. But yeah, cornerbacks like that, you know... And not even just Darrell Reeves, like Jalen Ramsey, another one. Shut your team's best uh best receiver down. Talk trash to you too, you know? And I, I just think that, you know, for me, the cornerback position, if you have that shutdown ability, you you could take out the team's Xavier Rhodes. You you could take out the team's best receiver and and, and basically blank out an entire half of the field and just totally believe that those positions should be top five, which would be quarterback, running back, left tackle, pass rusher, cornerback. But yeah, you know, and, and let's, let's, you know, and now, now that we're off that topic, to get back on, you know, how these play, you know, the players, you know, in, in all sports are getting paid. You know, you would have to look at the NFL Players Union and, and, and side-eye them a little bit. Look, you know, look at the terrible, horrible job that they've done. Guys like Richie Incognito and Ryan Fitzpatrick are still in the league. But then Colin Kaepernick can't even, can't even get a job in the NFL. It's, it's abysmal. It's, it's sickening, to be honest. It's sickening. 
when are we when are we gonna like crack down? When are the NFL players union? When are the plan NFL players union going to step down? NFL players association. When are they gonna step down? When are when are they gonna put their foot down? Say we want more money. We're not gonna play until these things are 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 better. You got racists still in the league, still in the league, but a guy fights for his injustices and he's exiled. It's beyond me. It's 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 it's, it's mind boggling. That's the difference between the NBA Players Association, the MLB Players Association, and the NFL Players Association. Those are the difference between those three. NBA and MLB looks like they're, they, they, you know, their the players, their respective players associations are looking to take care of their players. The NFL, not so much. They succumb. They, 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 they're, they're bowing down to the owners' union. It's sickening. You're the only league where the owners have more powers than the they have more power than the players, and they make the most money. Now you tell me there's something wrong there. But um, yeah, game six preview. I think the Warriors. I think they're gonna try and make it interesting. Um, hopefully Toronto closes it out. I think Toronto will is are is still the stronger team. I think they're better uh, on the defensive end perimeter uh, on the perim- the defensive perimeter. Uh, I- I'm sorry, they're better defensively on the perimeter. <laughs> they're better. Uh, they're better. They're a better interior defensive team. And unless like you know somebody steps up, I I just don't think. I think I think the I think the Raptors. I think they got this. I think the Raptors will take uh, take care of them uh, eventually. But I think the Warriors won a desperation home game. But you know that's all for today, guys. Um, you know I'm back. You know, hopefully better than ever. You know, I'm going to look for, look for me to put out more contact. But this is Kashif signing out. See y'all guys later.